0: This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of practical shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. Good to see you. You too. We're going to jump right in in just a moment. But before we do that, uh, we want to just thank our listeners and those who support the ministry of practical shepherding. And if you want to be a financial help to us in particular, uh, if this podcast has been helpful or just our ministry has, you can go to the donate page on the website, And leave a donation there uh, through PayPal. It's really easy. And that's a way to support our ministry as well as uh, you can go to the website and go to the contact page and contact us for whatever reason you want to contact us. If you want to give a podcast suggestion for us to, to cover a topic, or if you're a pastor or a church leader and we can be a help to you, that's the best way to reach us. So make sure you know those are available. And uh, we want to jump right into topic, Jim, and, and the topic today is one that someone wrote us in, in fact. So we want to try to honor our, the listeners who write, topics, write suggestions in for topics we can cover. And we thought this is really a timely topic in light of us going into summer. Many of the COVID restrictions, uh, by God's grace, are being lifted mm-hmm. and we're, feels like we're starting to return back to a little more normal life, at least it feels to, to me. And so the question that that somebody wrote in and asked us is, when you're a pastor and you're on vacation, what events have to happen in the church that merit, I'll I'll put it two ways, either coming back from vacation or being available to maybe take a call or something. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I guess, Jim, as we want to try to set this up from a biblical perspective, I don't know, we may want to think about it. In regard to the need for vacation and rest for a pastor, yeah, uh, and yet the, res- the the tension of that to be—you uh, <clears throat> don't substitute being a shepherd for another shepherd while you're gone. This is a one of the many reasons to have a plurality of pastors in a congregation. But Correct. I don't know how would you how would you think about this idea biblically as we talk about it? Well, I think we need to begin, Brian, by
1: recognizing I think maybe two conflicting or, or things that we hold in tension and. One of them is the 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 recognition of either of the of the frailty of our humanity, coupled with the commitment to our our family. I think those are a couple of things that work themselves into vacation. I mean, why do why does a man need a vacation if he takes a day off every week? Which a lot of guys don't really do. They don't take a full day off, but a vacation is often a recognition that I'm at a point where I need to take some time off or. Uh, it's good for me to get away with my family. My wife needs it. My kids need it. And early on in my ministry, Brian, I was the kind of guy I didn't really think I needed much as far as vacation. If I could take two, three days off, I was fine. But my family needed me more than that, and that's what I had to recognize, and my wife had to, t- to let me know that. So that's on the one hand. Um, but on, on the other is whether it's from the congregation or whether it's from ourselves, this idea that we are indispensable. And even if we have a plurality of elders, we may be the what some will call the lead pastor, and we, we're the one that people think about when they think about pastoring. We're generally the one that they call if they're in trouble. And so it can be hard for us to turn that part of our brain off because we can find ourselves... Whether we're actually needed or not, whether we kind of some of the scenarios we're going to talk about, whether they happen or not, it's always in the back of our mind that when I go away, something might happen that will require me to come back. That's right. And when we are in that mindset, whether it's due to how we see ourselves or because we know how many in the flock view us it almost always adds a, a spoiler element to our vacations, and it does it in a way that is unique to our modern generation, and that's due to the fact that we have cell phones and emails. Yep. Um, so there was a time in the past a man might get away, and as long as he drove for, far far enough away, he was gone till he came back, and there really wasn't a way to... Get in touch with him, or it might be hard for someone to get in touch. He's going to go up to the lake. Or he's going to go up to the mountain somewhere, yep. and the cabin didn't have a telephone, and it didn't have you know. So there was no email. There was no texting. There was no phone calls. People were forced to have to deal and, with whatever and, happened. And, right, and so the the flock back home somehow magically, uh, mysteriously, or supernaturally, or miraculously got along without him. Right, and and our modern technology makes it such that it's hard for a man to really feel like he's ever really fully away. And to know that he's away, so I, that's kind of what I see.
0: Yeah, and I would I would throw in there also as I think of like I think of Second Corinthians four, where that that description of ministry that that Paul gives, where he makes that statement, you know, the idea of ministry is captured in the idea of you know the dying of us life mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that that is a great, a lot of people don't go there for that, but there's a, to advocate for the need for a pastor to get regular rest just shows the the level of intensity of this work and the constancy of, of the work, uh, the need to be able to get away, and equipping others to be able to do that work while you're gone so that you actually can get away and, and rest, and it, barring an extreme emergency not ne- being able to be called. And so I think one of the challenges for pastors who go on vacation, they're not able to let go of what's going on at home. That's on, yeah. on them, yeah. or they have not set things up or delegated or raised up leaders well enough <clears throat> that things are, you know, competently taken care of, you know, while they're gone. So there's all kinds of factors on why past. I mean, we want to acknowledge that because I've watched pastors come back for things that I think it wasn't necessary, but a lot of times it was because of they. They just didn't know how to let go of what was going on, and it was it was on. So there's a lot of facets of this we we could talk about, but we want to kind of keep this focus, especially thinking about the summer. Pastors are going to be going on vacation, so let's let's start with the uh, some of the obvious things, Jim. I think maybe that's the place to start. What would be a reason? So you just you just went on vacation uh, out west, and you were gone for a, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. what is you know. What would be name one scenario in your church that you would come all the way back home because of it? Let's start on the obvious side of things.
1: I, I excuse me. I could imagine somebody dying in the church, uh, particularly if it was a a sudden and unexpected death. Uh, that I I would feel compelled. Uh, to come back I, I would at, I would feel compelled to come back it's possible the family of the uh the bereaved family might say I don't want you to come back you need you know we'll, we'll you know we'll be okay till you get back I mean you're coming back in a, in a, in, a, in four days you can come back then there are others taking care of us now but I think some of it Brian is going to depend on and maybe we touched on this but are there other elders in place what's the health level of the church are there others coming alongside you know and and you just have to know that and and you have to be able to trust that you're not in dis- you're, you are not in di- you are you are dispensable whether you the fact that you are a human being means you're dispensable this is you, true. you you have an expiration date you have A limited capacity. You are dispensable. Yes. Now, the the, the, the church member may not believe that, and you may not believe that, but God believes that, and you need to embrace that. You need to rearrange your thinking, and sometimes you need to help your church rearrange their thinking, but I can can imagine in in certain circumstances and situations that somebody suddenly dying a child dying in the church, right? Uh, right. A spouse dying in a traffic accident, or something like that. Something that tragic, I, like something that, yeah. tragic that I would think I, I, I need to, I need to be there.
0: Yeah, I, I would get even more specific in that way, but I, I agree with you. I think that's the place to start. Is if something just tragic and devastating and sudden, you know, that happens, I think that's a lot of times the things that would make a pastor want to come. By the way. I want to I want to shift this the way we, I think we typically think about, you know, I think we think about this. Well, if something, what has to happen for me to feel like I need to come back? And a lot of times we're we're putting this on the category of what happened. So, are, is the church expecting me to be back, or does the church need me to come back? Mm-hmm. And I actually want to shift this a bit. I think the the first question needs to be to a pastor: Do you feel like you need to be back? And because if we let the church's expectations dictate whether we should or shouldn't come back, then I think the church, you know, a lot of churches don't honor the fact that the pastor needs to stay away and not Mm -hmm. come back. So I'm just thinking about, so yeah, like I think if a tragedy happens, I think, you know, I I remember thinking, you know, there's some, some dear widows that I've gotten very close to, and if one of them passed while I was on vacation... You know, I even think my wife would have said, "You need, you need, you need to go back." Mm. Uh, and and so I think it's not just about. I think we had to ask the question: What is the church? What what's going to be helpful to the church? I actually think a pastor also needs what What's, what's going to be helpful? What's going to be helpful for you? Uh, because there's a grief if we, there's somebody dear to you that dies in the church while you're gone. There is something about you wanting to go back to be able to be mm-hmm. there for your own grief, right. for your own sake, and be able to right. care for somebody. So right. Right. I do want to put that out there because I think what typically happens is we ask just we simply just ask that question of, well, I'm the pastor, you know, I'm I'm supposed to go do this stuff, and the church expects me to come back for this mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I just want to I just want to acknowledge the those two differences because if you if you let the what the church wants you to do to dictate whether you come back or not, I think. Pastors will come back more often than they should from vacation. So mm-hmm. I want to put that category out there yeah. first. But,
1: Brian, what you're saying is sometimes you need to know, even for your own sense of of mental health and spiritual health, emotional health and well-being, that it may be better for you to actually be there uh, than to not be there. And not because the church demands it or expects it or will fire you or feel like you've disappointed them, but because... You think it's better you you, just, you i I need to be there, I need to share in this or i i have wrestled with this sometimes i I'm not doing any good being away. um I know brian you 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 have i think some off buttons that I don't have in my personality <laughs> um you know, you have mentioned at times you know to, hey, just shut this off and put this away and i and I've asked you sometimes well, how you know I mean I, <laughs> I understand the need to do that. I can't stop my brain. I can't stop my my trains my trains of thought, which you know run regularly, yeah. uh, you know leaving the station regularly. But you know to say no, I'm not going to think about that because what happens is, like even this past uh, weekend, uh, I got an email that I found it bothered me, disturbed me. While you were gone? No, no, I okay. was back. Okay. But it did disturb my sleep that night. Yeah. And so I, I you know, if I wake up. Which you know happens when you're my age. You 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 sometimes get up in the middle of the night to have to you know uh, you relieve yourself or something like that. But then you have a hard time going back to sleep. You have a hard time once the the brain is awake. It's like oh hey we can think about this. Like no 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 you're supposed to go back to sleep. Yeah that's right. That's right. And, and sometimes on vacation. So I've I've been away on vacation. I've gotten letters of resignation. I've been away on vacation and there were church squabbles going on. And people demanding that we talk about this thing, and again, that's part of the curse of email. Hmm. Um, there's a blessing to it. There's a curse of it. Uh, you know, so you get these things that I wouldn't have gotten. I would. I would have only found out when I got back. But no, they know they're able to contact me, and and I'm I, I haven't yet been one of those guys. I, I haven't had. I know people have done this. Their wife goes through their email and flag certain things or put them in a file for you to get, you know, look at when you get back, like you're not going to, you don't need to see Mm. that. But if you want to see what, you know, the score of the ball game was or, or get, you know, a note from your kids about, or, you know, Hey, uh, cute pictures of your grandkids, then great. You know, you can, you can see that, but you're not going to, you know, so somebody filters your email or filters your text and says, not going to give it to me. No, you're not. But of course, if somebody said to me, you're not going to see this text, then I'd be like, oh, okay, now I need to see it. You know. Uh, and again, that's just the way yeah. I'm wired. And I am wired in a way to, I feel at times, an inordinate weight of responsibility. Uh, of of that, I need to be there. I, I've had I've struggled with that through the years, yeah. which has affected my ability to really take good and refreshing vacations. I think in the past.
0: Well, and, and I have to say that the on button or the off button that you say I have that you don't to some degree. I didn't always have, so it, right. it's, it's been a process. To, it, this is a process for every pastor, in it. And you had a lobotomy, that
1: isn't that right, Brian? To help you, no. I had a what? <laughs> a lobotomy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, just, that's a different podcast. That's a different podcast. Yeah, podcast, yeah we, we right. don't talk you about just, that. Yeah, that so. part of your brain removed. Right. So.
0: so, yeah, I think the the thing is, is that we there is a whatever level of off button you have, we got to be able to let go of things, or we don't rest. But at the same time, every church situation is different. Every pastor is different. And, you know, again, if you are a solo pastor versus having a plurality of pastors, that makes a big difference in whether you're able to, one, really shut things off and say, you know what, and, you know, they'll call me. You have, if you have pastors you can trust, will not call you. I remember when I went on my two-month sabbatical several years ago, first one I'd ever take, first one the church had ever experienced. But I had a plurality of pastors and, and good leaders in place that, they, I mean, there were some pretty significant things that happened while I was gone. And they didn't let me know what was happening. Okay. And, and I commend them for that. They kept me out of it. And a lot of, so part of it has to do with what kind of leadership you have to be able to delegate when you go on vacation. The other part is, are you willing to let things maybe not be done as well as you think they should be done right. while you're gone? Right. And so, there, again, this is why the soul is so tied to this is, what do I have to kind of let go of? What do I have to die to, to truly let just, you know, I, I talk to pastors all the time. It's hilarious that guys will go pastor churches that have been around like 50, 75, 100, over hundred years. They've existed for 200 years. Right. And for some reason, they think the church is going to disintegrate if they're gone for two weeks. And, and so I think there is a piece to this, like you said, that we've got to embrace our humanity, realize we're all expendable in different ways. Does that mean things won't go as well as they would smoothly if you were there? Yeah. No, but but that's what I think. Part of what we have to let go; otherwise, we'll otherwise we won't take a break. Yeah, you may be you may in in a
1: judge you know your own judgment. Maybe you preach better than one of your other elders, or you you lead meetings better than they do. But it's good for it's good for them. It's good for the church that's to right. do that stuff you your way, yeah, and for right. you to be able to let whatever of your pride is there, or whatever is a, a sober-minded assessment, but to understand that it's fine. So we mentioned a
0: death, Brian, what else would maybe would call you back into action when you think? So I would, um, I'm looking back, thinking back in my early years, you know, those who know my story, the second firing attempt that came against me at around year three was while I was on vacation and crafty yeah so i was i I was in a i can remember where i was standing in a minnesota cow field because it's where my (laughs) my favorite place of vacation (laughs) by the way yeah right so well we were in minnesota when my my wife's got family up there and he owned a farm but i was the only place i could find a cell signal was in the (laughs) middle of this cow field so i'm talking to my associate my associate pastor who had just come out of the deacons meeting where they had had this big plan to try to get me fired while I was gone and if he helped them they would make him the pastor when I was gone I mean it's just plot big plot they had planned wow and he shut it down and he came out he went out and called me and told me what had happened and I'm convinced that they potentially could have maybe pulled it off if he wouldn't have shut it down in that because mm. they knew they needed his help that's right. a different story the point is um I was you know I, at that point I was going to be gone a week and there's no need to rush back but you know a circumstance like that where You have a group that's rising up. I mean, let's let's. I mean, think of Acts twenty, where Paul talks. He's talking to the Ephesian elders, and he says, you know, that wolves will come in, Uh, and and what happens if you're on vacation and somehow the wolves rise up in your church? Yeah. And try to devour the flock while you're gone, and there's nobody else to care for them. I would say, in certain circumstances, that that is probably a time to come back. Yeah. Um. If, if again, so I think we can put it in a category of, if the flock is in imminent danger, and there's nobody to truly care for the flock, whatever that might be, right? Then I think then I think that there's some reasons to to come back. So yeah, any I agree. On that? I, yeah, no, I think that that's good. I think that you you
1: you have to count. You know, what is the health of the flock and I think we need to understand there are certain things that that are a vacation can potentially be more flexible. You might lose some money, but it's not like you can't reschedule that. Maybe, you you know, I realize somebody might say, hey, vacation times and kids from school and all that. I I, I understand that, but there are certain things that, that really do become critical and that do require men who are in charge. And again, you know, so it's not just pastoring, but men in charge of business or men in charge of other things, uh, politicians. I mean, there was a famous situation a few months ago, one of a, America's politicians where things were going badly in his state and, and people caught wind that he was on vacation oh uh, yeah, and taking right. some time away yeah. and like, oh, no, you can't do that. And, and there was a part of me I thought, you know, well, let the poor guy go. You know, I mean, it's not like, again, the whole I like the state's going to all fall apart, but well, that he was made to feel shamed. That you know you're not allowed to enjoy yourself on a beach in Cancun while you know somebody in your state is well somebody in your state's always dying somebody in your state's always in crisis something something's always going wrong and you have to again know that I, I have if if I do have I have people who can who can come in and help and i can spend at least these few days yeah. but again there might be as you said i mean if savage wolves you know are taking advantage of your absence and particularly if you're going to be gone more than a few days and so you know you it's the start of a two week thing and you know you might feel compelled i need to <coughs> i need to come and i need to be here i need to take care of this circumstance and situation well, both for the sake of the church and for myself because there's no way I can be refreshed this is consuming me while I'm away well sure yeah and,
0: and that's why I bring it up is that you know somebody listen to this and go does that really happen yeah it does it happened to me and I talked to plenty of guys that uh, have a hard time leaving because they're not sure who's gonna try to rise up I mean I'm talking I'm dealing with a lot of pastors who are in very you know difficult, even hostile church revitalization type situations, and this is a very this is a very legitimate concern that a lot of guys have as they're trying to figure out how to whether they can you know whether they can go on vacation or not. Uh, another you know another scenario uh, to think about is uh, what if because I get this I ask, get asked this quite a bit as guys are preparing for vacation. I'll have guys contact me and say, yeah, so I'm supposed to leave town next week, but this pillar you know this kind of pillar member in the church. Is about ready to die. Should I change my vacation? Should yeah. I do this? We don't know. So I also want to put that out there. Any advice on so planning a vacation, but you but someone's death is, is imminent and and you don't know. Do you de, do you delay your vacation? Do you go? How would you advise around that, Jim? A, a couple of things come to mind, Brian. I think
1: one of them is, you know, what is your relationship with that family, and. Have you conveyed or ha- have you had this conversation with them? So, I've had twice happen to me while I've been on uh, on vacation that somebody died who I didn't really know well, but they knew me well, and they were like they were related to people in our church, but yep. they knew me a little bit, and they wanted me to do the funeral. Yep, yep. So, happened twice. Okay, and I got the phone call uh they just died you know so it's my first day of vacation they just they just died we're playing the we're playing the funeral for saturday i'm not scheduled to come back till that monday and both of those situations they were such that i um i was close enough away i said i said no do you do you really do you feel like you need me there if you need me there i'll, I'll come back and they said well we do have another option and so, in both those cases, the other option is who wound up doing it. And it did I, they? So you stayed. You and I stayed back. away. Now I was close enough away. I was in this. I was four or five hours away. And I had another time where, and I'm trying to remember the exact circumstances and situation. But I was in New Zealand, <laughs> and I became aware that something had happened. Now this was this was years. This was like 2007. And I and I found a way to call. It wasn't as easy to do then, to call the member in the church from New Zealand with a 13-hour time difference. Mm-hmm. But to work it out and to speak with them and, and I think, pray with them and, and to try to comfort them. Because you couldn't have and an, op- I an didn't option. Have an, I back, didn't have right? an option to come back. But I wanted them to know, even though I was far away... I wasn't on vacation. I was. I was preaching, I and mean, I took a little bit of time to see a few things. But I. Uh, I. But there, it was. I thought, well, I can at least, and we can do this. Sometimes, sometimes, what we really need to do is we can. We can contact. We're at a time where we can FaceTime or Zoom or and, and you know, and we can we can have that, express our sympathy and make plans. Yeah. That's that a... you know, and, but to let them know, listen, hey, I love you. If you if you feel. This is a hard thing to ask and I you know if you feel you need me or if you sense that they really need you that I'm, if possible, I can come back. Maybe even, maybe even the family can stay on vacation. I can fly in for a day, or even for a few hours, and then fly back. Yeah, right. Uh, I might be able to work so, or do the drive and go there and come so, back. So those
0: are great examples, actually. I appreciate you sharing those because, and I wasn't sure where you were going with some of those. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm encouraged you didn't leave vacation, Jim, to go <laughs> do that. But you know, to our what we we're talking yeah. about earlier, it sounds to me like. That you were you were inquiring how how much how do you feel like you need me there? It didn't sound like it was some one of the dearest members to you no. that you had any personal reason to go back and grieve. Correct. So again, that's a great example. I think of okay, there was still the aspect of how to care best for the church and the members, but there was another option there. Right. But if it was somebody who was you know if it was somebody who's been with you forty years at the thirty years at the church and one of the people you were closest to. Your whole family would probably come back for the funeral that around that kind of stuff. Right. So, so yeah, that, that's a that's a good example. As we, so final word on this, Jim. I want to mention this, and then I'll pass it to you for a final word. But I think that these are so many of these things are case by case basis. But what I want to put out there is, I was challenged. I was challenged years ago by a dear friend of mine, who basically chastised me lovingly because I wasn't using all my vacation time that I had. And he said three things. He said, you take your vacation time, one, because it's for you. You need the rest, whether you know it or not. You need the rest. Number two, it's for your family. It's the only time they don't have to share you. Right. And that really stuck with me. And number three, it's for your church. It forces your church to figure out what to do when you're gone who's leader what leader is going to step up right who's going to do this even though it may not be as done as well as you want it to be or that you do it but so i, I just i want to give that as a as a final word that that you want to always lean towards staying on vacation because that is time the only time your family's not sharing you you need a good reason to leave vacation and come back it's not the other way around final any final word on this for you jim
1: yeah, again Brian, I think I mentioned this earlier but just to reiterate, you need you need to know and your church needs to know you're not indispensable. And whatever feels that way and and whatever seems reality or whatever is just, is part of your own psychological makeup or your own sense of neediness or you know whatever comes into that, you need to know that and, the, and the, that you are you're a human being and and by definition, you are weak. you have to sleep, you have limitations, and the congregation may view you as uh as the indispensable man. you're the glue that holds everything together. Well, if you're the glue that holds everything together, your church is in bad shape mm-hmm. right, a- right and it needs to be rooted in something more than your presence and and that's obviously you know the presence of the Lord. Every uh, every pastor's ministry is coming to an end, and, and and if the the fear is once you're gone, there's no there's no ministry. Well, then it wasn't really a minute. It was more a, a personality cult than it was a genuine church, and that can happen in a little tiny place of a few members. It can happen where there's thousands, and, and and so I think we we need to be able to do that. And then the, the other thing, Brian, is is and we say this a lot. And I'm sympathetic with men in smaller churches where. They don't have the, you know, the kind of leadership structure now that they want to. And it's easy to say, well, have all this stuff in place. But that's really what you're praying for and what you're, what you're laboring for. And if you're not able to do it in your own congregation, and we say this often, develop the kinds of friendships and relationships that there are other men who can say, hey, I'll be on call. Uh, and let the congregation, you know, that, that y- the, your congregation knows the names of other pastors, and maybe some of these other pastors have come in and they've taught or they've preached or something like that, so that there is interchurch relationship that has a kind of a safety net for you and for the church that allows you of that time off that you need.
0: That's good. Lead your church in a way that your church thrives when you're gone, not just mm, when you're there. So yeah, amen. let me close in prayer and ask for God to give wisdom to pastors during vacation this summer. Lord, we're grateful for the opportunity to rest and to take breaks. We pray, Lord, that every pastor listening to this would be wise in the way he takes those, that he would commit himself to them, to show his commitment to their family, and his need for what rest, his own humanity that he needs to embrace. Give him wisdom as he knows what to stay away from and what to have to come back to. We pray, Lord, that um, you would watch over the congregations as these pastors are gone, and we pray that you would give them wisdom to know when to come back and when to, to sacrifice even a vacation because of the calling that you have on our mm-hmm. lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.